We didn't talk this week, did we? Right? I shouldn't say I'm amazed because it happens every time. And I'm glad you had Dean read the words because we don't know what the words are of many of those. But a portion of that was exactly right out of my topic. So thank you. It just the way the Lord works everything is incredible. Let's just open in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We pray that uh, the people, many are not here today, sick or on vacation. We pray that you'd be with them, heal them, and, and bring them back safely. We pray, Lord, that you speak through me today on this important topic that you gave me. And, and just ask this in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> I'm going to talk about building today. And we know the building must have a solid foundation. That's very important. That's where everything starts. And if not, it can, you know, shift, sink, uh, fail, as described in the parable in the Gospels about the man who built his house on the rock and another who built his house on sinking sands. And when the storms came and the wind blew, and we know the house built on sinking sands failed, crashed, and just collapsed, while the house built on the rock survived and did not fall. We have a perfect example of this in modern times now. <clears throat> Incredible. And building on sinking sands produces disastrous results, not only in the construction industry, but in our lives as well. And this one is on <clears throat> San Francisco's Millennium Tower, the highest residential building in San Francisco, beautiful building, you can see it, it's got a slanted top. It's 58 stories, uh, opulent, beautiful, beautiful condominiums inside, spent a fortune on it. They did not go down to the bedrock like all the other buildings in the neighborhood. They went down 90 feet after a 10-foot slab and they drilled through the slab pounded the piles into mud, and then stopped. They came up 100 feet short of the bedrock. They thought this big, fat slab, I guess, would, would hold it in place. <coughs> they drove it into the Colma sand. So there's cutting the corners right there. Instead of doing it the right way, they cut corners. And now they're trying these huge expenses to fix this thing. It's leaning about 18 inches. One inch at the bottom is five inches at the top. If it leans anymore, the elevators are going to start to not work. And we, we have very important people. Joe, Joe Montana lives in there. So they're trying all this to undercut the other side of the building to make it tilt back at just super expense. There's lawsuits. And it shows what a disaster when you build something on a bad foundation. Windows have fallen in the street, almost landed on people. There's cracks in the, in the garage down, belief, down below, and there's just placing blame on everybody but themselves as usual for our human nature. The average price, it's still expensive. The average price for a condo is now $1,070,000, way down from what it was when it opened. They poured all the money into what you see. They have restaurants, it's just furnished beautifully. 
but they skimped on the foundation, which is not the way to build anything. It's the opposite of biblical principles as explained in 1 Peter 3, 4. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. God cares about inside our hearts, not about outside or fancy clothes, fancy everything. He looks, he doesn't look at our exterior, he knows our inside. In Jeremiah it says, the Lord searches the heart. He knows the heart of all of us, and we know how before we're saved, how evil the heart, heart can be. And this thread in scripture on building it goes from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It starts in the oldest book in the Bible, Job, and it continues on to Peter in the New Testament. And we find in Job 38, 4 through 6, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know who stretches a measuring line across it. On what were its footings set, or who laid its cornerstone? That's the title today of my message, The Chief Cornerstone. God tells Job here how he made the earth, its foundations, its footings, its dimensions, and its cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ. <clears throat> At that time, the stars and the angels sang and shouted for joy at this miraculous moment. Nothing was made on sinking sand and nothing is gonna fail. And this, just like Gloria's beautiful song, he made the planets and the sun to spin perfectly. And she talked about the tides. The tides are made by God. He controls the tides. He balances the heavenly bodies flawlessly. If one thing, one thing went out of kilter or out of balance, we would either freeze to death or the whole earth would burn up. He just have perfectly controls the heavenly bodies. So we want our bodies to be on the perfect foundation, and that is the Lord, the maker of everything. Our trust, hope, security and eternity are in his hands. We're completely supported by him, a very present help in times of trouble. Anything else we build on is gonna be on sinking sands, anything. And that's why we sang that song earlier. He then is all my hope and stay, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Once the Lord, you've got, your, you've got the foundation and the footings, and the most important thing that comes up next is the cornerstone. <clears throat> it is what it sounds like, the corner right angle of a perimeter of a, of a building. All other stones in that perimeter will be in reference to the cornerstone. Isaiah 26, 16 says, So this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, 
for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken or panic. The Lord established Jesus Christ as the cornerstone. Firm, sure, reliable, and a tested base for us. He is every believer's cornerstone. What's being built on that cornerstone is the church of what all believers in here today are part of that church. Nothing is going to make his building fail or fall. He leads us and directs us in every aspect of our lives. Our souls are in his hands and we rest our hope in him. And isn't it refreshing when it says the one who relies on it, that's Jesus Christ, will never be stricken with panic. There's a lot of panic in the world today. There's panic about everything under the sun. You can't believe the things that are in the paper every single day or on the internet. But we can give, but give it to him and not panic. We know what the end result of all this is going to be. We praise him constantly that he is our chief cornerstone. Thank God we have a base like that. But <clears throat> unfortunately, when this happened, not everybody did. <clears throat> In Psalms 118.22, it said, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And we know who the builders were. It's, these are prophetic verses well before the time that Jesus was on earth. And then when he came, the builders were the Jewish leaders. They wanted no part of this cornerstone. They wanted to be in charge, their procedures, their rules. They rejected our precious cornerstone, Jesus Christ. He did it all for us. He knew this was coming. He quoted from the Psalms. I'll read that later. He quoted these verses. He knew what was going to happen to him, yet he, he did it anyway. The torture, the whipping, the crown of thorns, the nails, as we sung about this morning, all of that. He did it for us, and he did not wander. He didn't try to come up with a plan B. Jesus says as much in Matthew 21, <clears throat> 42. Have you never read the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. He's quoting right there from Psalms, which is what we read earlier. Here he takes full ownership of being the cornerstone. He cherished being in that cornerstone. He would give up his life for all of us. He knowingly speaks of his rejection, too. And the people, and a lot of them, I sure, sure read that psalm. Many of them, I'm sure they had the, all the scriptures. They still didn't believe. All these chief priests and Pharisees, they wouldn't believe. Even as the prophecy was being fulfilled in their presence, they were making the prophecy come to, come to be. And it says the Lord has done this wonderful work, marvelous to all. No, it wasn't marvelous to all because here's a whole bunch of people it wasn't marvelous to. It says marvelous to the believer, which is us. And he placing his one and only son as that cornerstone. However, the people were blinded. They didn't receive it. They had unbelief and they rejected him. 
And as we know, after being rejected and killed, he rose again on the third day and now sits at the right hand of God. Our cornerstone is not buried under 20 layers of sand in Jerusalem. Our cornerstone rose from the dead. Praise God, this is prophecy fulfilled, and it speaks of every joy that the believer has from the work that Christ has done. It's a marvelous thing, and we can rejoice every day to anticipate the future we have with him and rejoice that we're part of this church, all of us here, all these people out watching and, and listening on the Internet. We're all part of that church that he built, and it's an ongoing process. And at some point, we're going to be taken up and we'll be with him. Paul says in Ephesians 2, 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. We are not building this church. It says in him, we are joined together. We don't do the joining. He joins us together and he leads us. And we're part of a holy temple. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. It's all by his doing and it's happening every day. Our church is growing, his church is growing and he's building us up. No work is ever done on any human being. We're always a work in progress. Yeah, we make mistakes, we fall back. Uh, but we confess and turn back and get going in the right direction again. So with all this in mind, are we putting everything in the hands of the chief cornerstone? A lot of people, you know, there's a lot of homeowners in here. We have these, our house is small. We don't have a big house. And a lot of people, they'll do a bump out. They'll pour a pad and they'll put another room out there. So is, are some of us doing a bump out and having that little room for ourselves? It's all off limits to the Lord. You don't go in there. We want everything to be under that cornerstone. We don't want to add anything that's, this is our private sanctuary. The police department had a term called the span of control. It's who you supervise and he is, everything with us is under his span of control. We don't, we're not in charge of anything. So what can we do to build our lives on this chief cornerstone? First of all, you can't be part of his building if you're not saved. There's no unsaved people in his, in his church. It only consists of born-again believers. We should live godly lives so we can be an example to others showing Christ in us to them. We should read the word daily. We, have, we should have devotions. Family devotions are good. Um, personal devotions. And we should be in prayer. There's so much to pray for now every day. Prayer, we still have the prayer list, which is great. We love it. And there's never a lack, there's never a, a blank prayer list, never going to be. <clears throat> As the word says, <clears throat> pray without ceasing. 
And when we pray, we should listen, listen to the Lord. So we know what to do and know how to follow his plan. We should check ourselves to see if we are on his plan or if we had made some rash decisions and, and got off his plan and we want to remain in his will. And fellowship is so important, like we're doing today and we just did for the last hour. We should attend all the meetings if possible. As we read in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You guys heard the last hour, that was encouraging. People were fellowshipping, happy, and that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be with other Christians. When you walk a dog, which I do every day several times, you meet a lot of other dog owners and you talk to them about different things. And school came up and uh, I think he was talking about his kids. And I said, uh, oh, well, my wife homeschools. We have a lot of people at church and homeschool. We're, I'm a Christian and we homeschool. And I, he goes, oh, I'm a Christian too. I go, oh, that's great. Where do you go to church? He goes, oh, we don't go to church at all. We know that's not right. And I invited him to our church. He's not here today. But uh, you get a lot of that. I'm a Christian, too. You just very common to hear that. And if we think our circumstances are too much to bear, we should give them to the cornerstone. You know, take his yoke, his burden, his light, just turn everything over to him. And all the things going on in this world, we got wars, long war in Ukraine, viruses with different names, immorality, you think it couldn't get any immoral, but it does, it gets more immoral if that's even possible. We have lawlessness everywhere. Nobody is exempt from... Uh, lawlessness. There's a gang of teenagers in Philadelphia who beat a man to death from traffic cones and laughed and filmed it. They caught two of them and just just senseless, senseless crimes out there. And the division as our country is in, as we know, if we get all that, give it to the cornerstone. It's the place for it. Trust his plan. He has a plan for all this stuff. In a world of instability, Christ brings stability into our lives. And we know, we don't know what his plan is, but we know his plan is best, and he'll clean up all this stuff at his time. And of course, we obey and do what he says to do. <clears throat> and no matter what we're going through, he always comforts us. This is a great verse. My translation is a little softer than the original. It's John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Trouble, yeah, you can have trouble. It's not that, sometimes not that much trouble, but in the King James, it's tribulation. And I looked up tribulation and it says great trouble. 
So he tells us these things are all going to happen. We shouldn't be surprised if, if China does something to Taiwan because we know all this stuff, maybe not there, but stuff is never going to end on this, on this earth. But what a wonderful promise that he says, I have overcome the world. So let's fix our eyes on the cornerstone, give it to him. Don't make any room additions off to the side as he continues to build us. And I found this little, it's kind of a tender little poem I'd like to read. It said, God's gift of life, paving the way for our sins, we not have to pay. For his word arrived on Christmas morn, when to a virgin his son was born. God's gift of life, the true foundation, our cornerstone to eternal salvation. God's gift of life is ours this day, for the truth came down to show us the way. Pretty good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for, for just being uh, our anchor, Lord, the, the stone, the cornerstone in our lives, and in your church, your building, your church. Thank you for this time. We pray for uh, the rest of the week. We pray for our Wednesday meeting. And again, we pray for those, uh, Mackenzie, we pray for uh, Sylvia, anyone else that, that is suffering today, and, and pray for all the people here that are on vacation, that they would have a great time and, and come back to join us Wednesday. In Jesus' name, amen.